We're rolling. Timer starts now. Mark. Hi, I'm Ford. And I'm Sky. And these are not our real names. These are our superhero names, and with our powers combined, we formed the writing partnership L. Skyford. Welcome to Booklandia. Today, we're going to review a book, most likely a romance. But before we get much further, did you know you can watch our faces do this episode by subscribing to us on Twitch at L. Skyford or YouTube at L.Skyford? You should really do it. We give good face. And sometimes there's a dog bomb at Ford's house. This is true. For our other socials, you can follow us on Twitter at SkyfordL, on Instagram at L.Skyford. And if you're interested in our book, blog, or even more book reviews, head over to our website, lskyford.com. Lastly, this and every episode are chock full of oversharing and spoilers, and every episode is rated E for explicit. You have been warned. Hello, 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 hello. Hi. Welcome, all, one and all, one being you, Sky, all being all our listeners. We have a very special episode for you because we ain't talking about no books today. <laughs> We're going to talk about each other ourselves yeah that's better i was gonna say we're gonna ask each other <laughs> questions though that yeah. would have been a really cool idea for an episode is attempting mm. to talk about the other one um i feel like Ooh. yeah we should let's put write that, on that the down list. for later yeah um yeah. so we're gonna talk about us we're gonna we're gonna yeah. talk about what made us do this maybe the story of us if you the will story of us yeah um yeah. In the in the most romantical way, if there is such a thing. Oh, <laughs> shall we hold hands virtually? Oh. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can't figure out which way the cameras are set up, and that is really the best part. I was thinking today about mm. the fact that I should switch our two images in the video because I'm always mm. confused which way to point. Um, for those of you <laughs> listening and not watching. Our uh, video consists of two squares, one with each one of yeah. our faces, and I always point My in face. the wrong direction. Yep. I really got to learn window side, not window side, like a boat for this yes, camera I feel like thing. I can, yeah, I can organize it by which books are on which side of me, but constantly I'm like, sure? that, that way. like I need a little post-it on the wall over there that says Ford is that way. <laughs> right, right. Sky over here. I mean, that kind of makes sense because the key. window has the sky in it. Yeah. That would work out. Hey, there's Look your mnemonic device. Mnemonic. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I love it. <laughs> I love it. How are you doing before we dive in? Absolutely. It has been a hard week. Emotionally, the state I'm in has reinstated a lot of indoor mask mandates and testings. And there is cases are on the rise. And um, the school year is about to begin. And for people mm. with school-aged children, that brings on... Okay, for some people with school-aged children, myself being one of those people, that brings on a significant amount of anxiety. And I did not realize how much until it like the wave of it crested over me the other day. And oh, I shit. just didn't want to get out of bed. And like, I knew exactly what was happening, right? Like this sadness has happened upon me before. And so I was like, oh, cool. I'm just super low today and just gonna take it one day at a time. And then tomorrow will be a day with slightly less heaviness in it. 
hopefully. And then mm-hmm. we'll go from there. So I 110% had a no shower under the covers, shut off the world day. And now I am trying to like mitigate those stressors and deal with them one at a time and really find ways forward because obviously being under the covers, comforting as it may be, is not a long-term solution. So <laughs> really looking forward to talking about myself while, <laughs> while also living that truth. <laughs> Look, how are you? <laughs> it is the the realist side of you. So bring it. I'm cool with it. I think, I don't know, like no judgments here. Thank you for your realness. <laughs> well, thank you for no judgments. Uh, who Who the fuck am I to judge? Like, come on really. I would prefer not to shower most days. I find it a waste of time. I'm not a stinky person, but I do it for others. Get to know me. Showers suck. (laughs) Boo. Down with showers. I would really thrive in like olden time days, I think, where everybody just smelled the way they smelled. There you go. There you go. I do really like hot water, so maybe I wouldn't thrive. Yeah, the the hot water situation was only for the well, for the for the rich and famous. So you would have to be rich yep. and famous. Uh, fine, but not so. too famous as uh, someone mm. who can be female identified, because then you would be burnt at the stake. Not to get too real about that. Mm. Excellent point. Excellent point. Okay, so not quite witchcraft. and not quite witchcraft. Very nice. Witchcraft, not witchcraft. <laughs> I am halfway through this beverage, so it's only going up from here. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay, so I wrote a little 30-second get-to-know-us blurb the way we do with the book, except with us. Excellent. So do you want to read it? Uh, No promises on that copy being not terrible. It's very short. I'm definitely going to beat the timer this time. I have so much confidence. Yeah, I didn't want to put too much in it because I figured we'd also talk about everything. So great. All right. Great. So I'm going to count you in from three. Ready. Three. Okay. Two. Okay. One. Okay. Okay. We became fast friends, that me and Sky, uh, when we discovered that we both liked the same books while working together. This was at a theater. This is just my aside for time. <laughs> we have since both moved on to new jobs, but reading and chatting about our books all the time, like book club in the pandemic. This is another aside, by the way. Until one day, someone suggested we record our conversations. And voila. <laughs> huh. Nice. Nice. Well done with the asides. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I I asided for time. Very good. Very good. Uh, Yeah, I was like, I don't know. We just we did a thing and we keep doing the same thing we did and it just worked. So why mess with that? Yeah. Before we get to our first question, I would like to not embellish on the story. I'd like to expand the story a little bit more. So we work in theater together. We were running shows together at the time in theaters next door to each other. And so we choose a book to read. And at the 25% mark of the book, we would guess what happened by the end of the book. And we would assign point values to these guesses based on whatever our own system of guesstimation. And whoever had the most points by the end of the book won. And they got to pick the next book sometimes. And like, yeah, it was, it was very fun because it got me to think about story structure and... Yeah, premeditation, like, how's this? I'm not going to read the end, but how's it going to end? Yes. 
Yeah. Yes, the gamification of reading yeah. was definitely the gateway for us to keep reading books together, right? It, it, it stuck us mm-hmm. on the same book path because we sort of yeah. discovered that we were, we had similar genre preferences, which made it easy at first to read the same books. And then we made it into a game so we could continue reading the same books, even when one of us deviated from something that the other one wanted to read, which is still the case at times when I will oh, read yeah. something that you're reading because you're reading it and not because I that would have been the book I reached for on the shelf. Yeah, same, same. And I think I always in the retcon of memory, think that you were the one who said, let's read this super steamy paranormal romance series, because I don't know that I was emotionally in a place where I would have done that. So you always had the more adventurous uh, (laughs) choices. And I was I'm down. I'm down for it now. And I'm very thankful I was down for it then. Excellent. Well, for everyone, that series was Cressley Cole's uh, Immortals After Dark. So yep. um, go yep. go get that immediately. <laughs> True that, because there's like 27 books or something there. Yeah, you have some catching up to do. They're a delight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. tell me your earliest book memory. Like, how did you realize that books were a hobby? Because right, like rightfully so reading Mm -hmm. or consuming book stories is truly a hobby for me and I assume for you as well, much more so than a casual like passing. Yeah. I recently had to fill out a like a healthcare form that says, what are your hobbies? What do you do for fun? And I wrote reading. And then my doctor was like, so I want to I want to talk about your reading habits. And do you ever have carpal tunnel? And I'm like, this is real. You actually read this? Okay, girl, I see you. And she didn't shame me for it, like for not being physically active. Anywho, I digress. The world is great now. One of my earliest memories is I had to be a wee babe, a a tot, a toddler of some kind. And I had a quilt and I would lay the quilt out flat and I'd spread it out and I'd get all the wrinkles out. And then I traced the letters on the quilt because the quilt said, a cat is a cat. And that is that. And I just would trace the letters and I'd read the words over and over again. And like, that's my er one of my earliest memories is reading this quilt. And my grandmother, who I'm very similar to, like, we have very similar brains. She's she was an artist, so a photographer and a painter. And then she was also an English teacher. So she's the one who really got me into reading and, you know, reading before at bedtime always reading books. I always was reading books. And it it was just who I was. Like, my dad never really understood that. And he's like, you have to go outside and play now. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to stay in here and not do that. So, so I, I was one of those kids where it I, I was so introverted and so into being inside and reading books or coloring or whatever, that it didn't make sense to people. So, I personally know about your connection to Agatha Christie. We've spoken about that offline. Do you have any other deep sentimental books that you're open to sharing? Or do you, would you be open to sharing about Agatha Christie and telling that story here? What books do you have really fond, shiny memories of? Uh, so I have a lot of them. And I, uh, I, like, I, I brought a book to read from later. I... But book, oh. but the thing that I want to really tell you is the comfort that 
that books provided for me. Content warning, it's going to go really down, like further down than my conversation about being depressed this week before it goes (laughs) way up. (laughs) But it does go up, I promise. Um, So uh, firstly, English isn't my first language. So uh, I... I read books in multiple languages and it is not a humble brag. It just is a brag. That's just how (laughs) it's going to go. And when I first came here to this country, I didn't speak a lot of English. And so reading was kind of a really difficult thing for me to do. And a thing that I couldn't do as fast as people my own age. I was in middle school, but I wasn't reading at a middle school level. So I got sent to the library a lot. And then my grandfather passed away and I couldn't go to his funeral and I couldn't be present. And I was so sad. I was so close with my grandfather that I went into the library and I sat in the stacks and all of the noise, like all of the middle school people running around with their backpacks and the chatting and the jingling of the bracelets, it all stopped. And it was just the smell of the books And this extremely comforting knowledge that around me are all of these different worlds that I can hop into. And in those worlds, I would be okay. Now I'm going to cry a little (laughs) because I get to every time I tell this story. And I was over time, right? I read a book and then another and my reading got quicker and my emotional well-being got better. Caveat, just reading books didn't do that. But having this as a barometer of like, like for a little bit, I can disappear into this thing. Absolutely helped me get through some of the deepest griefs in like some of the darkest moments. And then in high school, I got to work in a library and help other people find the books that brought them joy. And that was incredible. And like deep down in the who do you want to be when you grow up under the layers of every everything else that I've already picked out as the things I wanted to be. I also wanted to be a librarian. And I love the idea of a library. I love the idea of a bookstore, but I love a library because books get to have stories in them that they share over and over. And uh, deep, deep down, really hoping to be an elderly person who works in a library down the road. I know I know that's not how it works. I know that having a degree <laughs> in library sciences is really helpful. I understand all of that, but uh, still dreaming about who I want to be when I grow up. And when I grow up, I want to be a librarian. Look, you can always volunteer for your local public library. For sure. I know for sure the city library in our area or my area accepts volunteers. I did that for quite a few. So like you can sit and reshelf books and shelf read and volunteer as an old person. I've been a page. I I know what a page does. I can be an assistant. I just can't be a full-fledged librarian. Um, So yeah, so if anyone in couple of years, like 30 <laughs> years, is looking for a couple, librarian. Couple, two years. Yeah. I am, I am ready. And I've been prepping for this my entire life. Can we just headcanon that together as old women, we will work in the same library and just like fight at each other about books or like... <laughs> We, we get a, a, a person in looking for a book and you're like, you got to read this book. And I'm like, nah, you got to read this book. And like we pull them in two different directions, like a Abbott and Costello skit. I can definitely work on that. Nothing right. excites a young person like an elderly person <laughs> handing them some super steamy romance, I got to tell you. <laughs> oh, 
is that is that their greatest excitement? Okay, yeah, I must have had that wrong in my head. Some stereotypes there. Excellent. <laughs> we shall be the w- wizened old people. The wizened old people who just tell you all about the good steamy scenes. In, and the, the, the smutty smuts. This, yes, the yeah. smutty smuts. Excellent. Uh, it's a plan. I'll hold yeah. you to it. Some okay, people great. make the great. the pact that like if we're not married by thirty, we're marrying each other. Are see it does it it is getting romantical. Yeah. If we're not if we're not hey. done with our lives uh, in some other way <laughs> by thirty years from now, we're we're definitely great. doing some bookish thing together. <laughs> Hell yes, I'm here and I stand. Excellent. Okay, so. Uh, in my vein of talking about escaping into book worlds, do mm-hmm. you have a favorite character that you would play pretend or that you would want to be, like actually embody this character? Do you have a character that you're like, this, I want to be this person? Growing up, I don't remember having that. I know I went as Belle from Beauty and the Beast because she was a bookish person and growing up with the Disney version of her, the anime, so sorry, the animated Disney version. I don't know if I need to age myself immediately, <laughs> but the animated Disney, yes. I felt seen because I am a bookish person. She is book like that felt that was my I feel seen moment. So I went as Belle as Halloween. My mom and my grandmother made the yellow gown. Wow. Yeah. I have not found pictures of that recently. I should really look those up. That might be excellent to just dig up and show around. Anywho, but as an adult person, current times, present day me, I really like the character of Thursday Next. So Thursday Next is a book series by the comedic writer Jasper Ford. I think Jasper Ford is a lot like Christopher Moore in that his books are comedic, but they're still fiction, right? They're not in the comedy section, they're in the fiction section. So Thursday Next lives in an alternative present where one of the departments of the British government, so like MI5, MI6, is book related and they research any found lost Shakespearean plays and determine if they were actual Shakespeare plays. They do all of this like bookish stuff and it's effing delightful. Yes, mine are right here. I know I'm I have a few on loan. Yeah, which should be right behind me. <laughs> yeah. So mine are right here. I have a couple on loan because I love Thursday Next so much. So Thursday Next is one of these agents who works in this British department and she finds a way to go into books. So like book inception. And she goes into books to make sure Miss ha- Mrs. Haversham does what she's supposed to do in the book. She makes sure she goes into all these different books to keep things regulated but also, like, why is this fucking happening? Uh, she also has a pet dodo, so, like, chef's kiss. It's just <laughs> delightful. So the idea of physically moving into a book and experiencing the book Westworld style, if you will, is so intriguing to me. And I'm, I, I don't know, I think about reading romance, and you know how it's going to end. You know there's going to be a happily ever after. If you're going into a book where you know how it ends... There's safety there. You can experience the thing the character experiences. You know what's coming, but you know that you're safe as well. So how do you feel about the like Pride and Prejudice experience where you can like dress up and go? (laughs) Because they exist. There is another one in Canada that has to do with the 
murder mystery series where mm-hmm. like you go into the little town and they've set up everything so that it matches mm-hmm. what it is in the books. I think I would like that me, but also if it's an experience, then that means you're not the main character. Everyone's the main character. That is true. I don't know how I feel about that. I want to be self-centered. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So <laughs> we should still look into like a Absolutely. Absolutely. A, a Jane Austen adventure. I would have to re-dye my yeah. hair, but yeah. that's fine. <laughs> Look, everyone tells me I'm a coat rack or I'm a clothing hanger, so I can rock an ampere waist. True Probably. that. It would look very good on you. <laughs> yes, I, I agree Just with a, that. You are the appropriate silhouette dress tube. <laughs> for a dress that doesn't do anything to curves. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yep, I don't have any. I'm all angles. Da, 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 da. Celebrate your ankle. Ankles. <laughs> I shall. I you beautiful both beast. Your ankles and your angles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. How about you? How about um, you? What one okay. character would you most want um, to inhibit? As a teenager, I wanted to be D'Artagnan from The Three Musketeers. Ooh. Oh, I read that first Lady DeVinter scene and immediately went, I want to be in that bedroom. How am I not in that bedroom? Someone put me in this bedroom. This is not the topic for it, but sexual awakening? Uh, I mean, my it wasn't sudden. <laughs> I always knew. Mm. So, sure. like, the fact that I was... I mean, she probably was the first... That scene, that the beginning of Three Musketeers when D'Artagnan ends up with... He doesn't know that she's Lady de Winter at the time, but he ends up with her in bed. That was probably one of the, the first sex scenes that I read on um, in a book. So uh, it was definitely my discovery of sex scenes in books and realizing that mm. I really wanted to read more of them. But yeah, absolutely. Hey-o. Like that happened. And then everything else that happens to him happens. I, oh, I wanted to be D'Artagnan so bad. I still kind of do. I mean, I now understand all of the other issues in there, but yeah. still, he like he gets the girl and the other girl and the sword and like <laughs> friends like, and the penis that is a sword. It, oh, it all works pretty well for him. So yeah, yeah, hard yes on D'Artagnan. Um, I also really previous to this, I really wanted to be. So this is kind of a fascinating moment. So. Um, the Snow Queen by Hans Christian Andersen is one of my favorite fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And I love Gerda and the fact that she saves the boy, in the, the girl saves the boy in the book, right? She goes out yeah. and grows up and then saves him while he blindly follows an older woman who promises him all the things in the world. So I yeah. loved all of that, but I wanted to be Kai. I wanted to be saved yeah. by a very capable girl. Look, it's all making sense now. <laughs> I, I was going to ask, do you like strong women? But I think you've answered that. <laughs> very much. Yes. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. I have a confession, and I hope this doesn't ruin our relationship. You've never but read if it The does, Snow Queen. No, well, I've never read... The Snow Queen. I've also not read Three Musketeers. Goodness, I'm pulling both of them off of my shelf right now (laughs) and putting them in a bag for you. Cool. Shove them in my face. Excellent. (laughs) I mean, I'm familiar with the story because Three Musketeers is canon. Yes. Pop culture canon. So 
Uh, as is Snow Queen. Definitely. So. I highly recommend reading both of those. Uh, pop mm-hmm. culture has stripped away quite a bit of them. Case in point, yeah. Frozen. Disney movie. Yeah, claiming that it's based on the Snow Queen. Uh, that is oh, such I, a... I was thinking uh, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, Snow Queen. Oh, no, that's uh, C.S. Lewis. And I mean, may, yes, right. I can see him borrowing some of the Snow it's Queen that- from Christian Anderson. Yeah. Yes, we digress deeply into uh, mythology of is- fairy tale, but I love it. I love Look, it. This is that what I'm would here be for. an interesting conversation as well. Like so down the line is let's let's go down a rabbit hole of who's stolen what from who and yes origin yes. of story. Let's yeah. okay, but yes, we digress. Back on the list. What <laughs> who who? That's the proper woof. Okay, <laughs> who is the worst or most evil character you've ever read? Um, who so, do you hate the most? So this is really interesting. I This is a character I, to this day, really fascinated by. Um, I read this book by John Fowler called The Collector. And it is a story about um, an, a, a man who abducts a woman and uh and the woman and you read the story from both points of view you read it first from her point of view and then you read it from his point of view and it is written in such a way that you begin to sympathize with him and you begin to understand why he's doing what he's doing and then it switches back to her point of view and it ruins you it absolutely ruins you because you realize that you sided with him and I love the way that's written. And I think, I mean, he's a very insidious character. Um, And in the same way, um, Hannibal Lecter is like very similarly. So you sympathize with Hannibal and, and then someone reminds you that he's eating people. Right. And then you're like, Oh, but I definitely just agreed with his choices. So I, I mean, that reminds me. Yeah. So sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that was it. (laughs) It, it reminds me about how actors talk about playing bad guys and how they don't justify. They go into the psyche of the character that they're playing and understand why they're that way. And they unpack all of that to find the humanity in their reasons and how that all got twisted. That's terrifying. And I don't like it at all. So, I, I'm so fascinated yikes. by it. So I've read all of the Hannibal Lecter series stuff um, mm. with the same fascination as I read The Collector because... It is definitely one of those things where you're like, I just sided with this person who is definitely not a good person. I did not know that, that you've read all that, that you have that interest and fascination. Interesting. The more you know. Rainbow sound effect. Ding! (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed it. That's, yep. That was terrifying. The on that? that was terrifying. <laughs> I'm never doing that again. Uh, okay. What is, who's the most evil character you read? I can't, I don't like, I don't know. I couldn't think of an answer to this question to pivot away from your question, but still answer it tangentially. One of the book series I loved as a young person and went on to collect as an adult is the Redwall series. So it's a middle grade series of books. There's like fucking 25 of them. Yeah. And it's about mice and squirrels and they all live in an abbey and they cook 
acorn soup and sing songs, but then they also have to fight stoats and weasels who try to come for their their treasure or whatever. And I don't know. So like stoats and weasels are thumbs down in my book, just as an adult person, I'm like, oh, that stoat probably has some bad intentions and it's just a fucking animal. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I have some prejudices against animals because of that series. Based on, the, that, based on uh, that series? Absolutely. There are definitely some people I didn't hate to watch die reading Game of Thrones books. Oh. Like, yeah, I can't think of like one quintessential bad person. Bad sure. guys are just sad guys. Bad guys are sad guys. Yeah. As, as, as your as children know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because like, I don't. I, I thought about yeah. um, in Cinder and the rest of the Lunar mm-hmm. series. Um, mm-hmm. What's the Moon Queen? The Moon Queen, who Lu- then got a book Lu- of her own Luna? in which it is explained why she is the way that she is. And so, even though she mm-hmm. is truly sinister, um, you find out why. And bad guys are sad <sighs> guys. Yeah. Um, and like one, I just I look at like, the books I still have and I'm like no one of the other I ones now I just understand that was Ooh, really I cool one. oh go ahead Gilead I mean it, for the Handmaid's Tale yes but who who is the bad guy there just Gilead the the system the system <laughs> the world sure. yeah absolutely the world. um yeah. the one I thought of You're, is yeah. uh, Vladimir Nabokov's Lolita for an extremely okay. controversial situation. Humphrey, Humphrey, mm. hum, yes, I love him, which I know is terrible. Huh. Um, I completely fall for his antics every time I read that book, which is mm. more than once, by the way. And and then I'm like, wait, he's a pedophile. <laughs> like this should not happen. I should not be on his side of the story. And yet, I only got like halfway through that book. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the ones I've read in the multiple languages I am capable of. <laughs> Good Lord. We're learning so much. And it's that you've read a bunch that I haven't read. Right. Cool, which is cool, great. Cool, 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 which cool, is cool. great. You can fill yeah, me in on the yeah. ones that you've read that I haven't. Uh, like this mice situation. Like I know about the series you oh. speak of, but I have mm-hmm. not read it uh, because I was older than the series by the time yeah. that I came here and it hadn't. Like, I just hadn't seen it. So I'm waiting to read sure. it now with with my littles when they're slightly Exactly. Bigger-ish. I am, yes. I, I'm thinking two more years yeah. and then I will just start lending you and your littles my books, assuming they're still into reading and this series interests them. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. But so my point about bad guys yeah. is that, I, yeah, I don't really, I mean, like, Machiavelli's the prince, I guess. Because, like, that's the whole point. Oh, you're making the face of, I've never read that before. That's literally <laughs> this book right, 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 right here. That's what's happening right there. The skinny there. one. The skinny one. Yeah, this, yeah. This yeah. one with the I, old spine. <laughs> look, I haven't read that book and I'm sorry, not sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. You basically know the premise. I mean, yes. Another one of those that has fallen into the pop culture canon yes yeah. oh man yeah bad guys are sad guys that's all i needed to know yeah okay in my so, adulthood yeah is there a book singular that breaks you open it could be sad it could be happy it could be like i just re- like i've i read this book and my whole world shifts for a tiny amount of time or a long time mm-hmm. sure 
I want to reframe your question because I'm part robot and therefore don't feel feelings. <laughs> Very good. But <laughs> yes. into, I also want to underline, I'm not a rereader. So I know there are two camps, those who reread, those who don't. I'm the person who's like, but there's this other book I haven't read that can surprise me. So I will tell you the first book I remember breaking me open. And that is The Time Traveler's Wife. Uh, yeah, Time Traveler's Wife by Audrey Niffinger. And my memory of that is the first time I ever ugly cried over a book. Like, sobbed. Like, inconsolable for minutes at a time. That is maybe the best romance. Like, might be the romance I compare all other romances to. It's, a, it's just, it's an incredible story and it broke my heart and all the other pieces attached to it. My heart is now free-floating in space, in the void, sans gravity. So, yeah, I think, yeah, that's the first one that broke me open in a sad human feeling empathy I wish I could time travel away because as I've noted in our time traveling mini-sode, I love a fucking time travel. It's this, I think, was the start. This is the, that was the impetus was that book right there. That makes sense. How about you? So firstly, any book on my Goodreads shelf that is a five-star book has broken me open. Mm. Um, mm. And I can talk at length about each one of them. That's how they get the five-star review. Uh, for me is if I'm oh. just completely undone by it in a happy way or in a sad way or in a transformative, transformative way. Like it did monumentally something to me. And so there's mm -hmm. a bunch of them that I can name. Uh, but the one that comes to mind is a book that I reread periodically to literally shift my perspective on the world is Jonathan Livingston Seagull uh, mm -hmm. by Herman Hess. And yeah, yeah, it's on my shelf. It's literally 24 pages long. I know. But and you you recommended it to me at the beginning of pandemic. I and did. I didn't, I didn't get into it. It's, it's fine. It tells the story of the world from the standpoint of a seagull. That's Mine. all it does. So like Mine. floating on hot Mine. air. <laughs> he does do that actually, yes. <laughs> but like floating on oh. hot air and just letting mm -hmm. air carry you because it will is like, there are just so many fascinating things that once I read them, I'm like, oh, yeah, the ground will hold me, right? Like there are some fundamental truths that mm -hmm. I take for granted that if I stop and feel instead of just discarding, it just shifts something for me. I don't know. That's that's almost more stop, stop overthinking and trust. Yes, that's what. Yeah, that's one of the I mean, the book is a, uh, is a commentary on Buddhism and finding nirvana huh. and so like the mm -hmm. know that the air will hold you know that the ground will carry you type of thing it is they like stop and breathe and know that planet is continuing to spin type of thing um and that's what it sure. does right it just for me it really recenters me and and helps me be like like yeah there's like mold on my bread and i have to throw it away but that's okay temporary setback right large scale so right. mold is yeah. still life. Mold is still life. Let it mold. <laughs> Just not right. on my counter. Great. So I have two questions. And do you prefer one over the other? Should we do we have eh, we don't have time for both. Do you have a preference? I would say the first question, because the second one I would have to Great. actually like look up my TBR. Mm. Got it. OK, so 
First question. Second question. You'll never know. (laughs) Have you ever thrown a book across the room? Yes. Several. Which ones? Okay. Uh, So the ones that come to mind are... um, The first that comes to mind is Nicholas Sparks's A Walk to Remember. Because I could not not believe... Spoiler alert. uh, I could not believe that he (laughs) didn't like sort out a miracle for her. And he was just like... Mm -hmm. They just get married and then she dies. <laughs> I was like, "What? Yes. Why did yeah. I just read this?" It was I was very frustrated. Um, and then the other one that that absolutely made me throw it across the room was sorry. I've just realized that both of these happened uh, right about the same time, like when I was oh. seventeen or eighteen. So this might have also been a very volatile emotional time for me. Um, the mm. other book is Orson Scott Card's Xenocide. Oh, like, that's the three like, in the. It's the third one in the, in the original yeah. quartet. Yeah. Yes, and there is something. I've read that the first in, one. There's so I'm I'm a deep dive ender lover. Yeah. I I've read everything that's been part of that series, and yes, I know. Whoa about Orson Scott Card's other writing and I do disagree with it, but um, Ender forever. And um, there's something that happens in Xenocide, which is very sad. It is in fact Xenocide that happens. And I was so Mm -hmm. frustrated that that an imaginary world can be destroyed. Right? That like this thing that he Mm -hmm. created, he then tore apart for the purposes of the book and it's fiction. Mm -hmm. But it's still, it was so frustrating. <laughs> and so I checked the book. Yeah. And then I picked it back up yeah. and I finished reading it. But hold on. I have the exact book I threw across the room. Okay. All right. This, this is really great audio, I'm sure. <laughs> um, this is the first book I, and only book I've really ever thrown across the room George R.R. R. Martin, Feast of Crows. This is the book that has the red wedding. Oh, and that is the moment I threw the book across the room. I'm pretty sure it's this one. I remember throwing red across the room because of how fucking well written the area chapter Aria chapter is at the red wedding. Like she has traveled all this way to find her brother, finally be reunited with her family. She gets there. They're all being slaughtered. She runs away and the mountain hits her in the head with an ax. And you're like, you are not killing my favorite character. How fucking dare you rage, rage throw. Got it. The red fucking wedding is way better than in the TV show. Uh, it's better in the book. Sorry. Hot take. Uh, the, I unfortunately uh, watched the show first and it, it made me mm-hmm. so disinterested because mm-hmm. it focused so much on gratuitous violence, uh, particularly towards Season- women. Yeah, season one is very hard to watch because of all this exposition. It's not yes. necessary. You don't need it. Goodbye. But having read the books, I definitely relate more to Tyrion than I would having just watched the show. Yeah, so for me, I got to a certain point in the in the watching of the show where it was like, it's it, it feels like gratuitous either sex mm-hmm. or violence for the sake of the people creating it, I guess, like that's what they're getting yeah. off on. And I refuse to be a voyeur in their space. And so yeah. it we never, ha- we have to be HBO to- instead right. of letting the show dictate 
what HBO what is. the story is. Yeah. So I so yeah. I give up. Um, and I know that makes me mm. bad at reading because I have not read these, but no. I haven't read them. No. It's fine. It's a very interesting thing in that there are a bunch of characters and then lots of people die. And so by the end of it, you have these this handful of main characters that you follow. And the multi POV is really I I liked it. I'm here for it. I could not get through the history of the Targaryen book that DNF'd super fast. <laughs> um, whenever the next Song of Fire and Ice comes out, I will read that. So it, it's a thing for me. I'm here for it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, shall we break? Yes. Let's do that for just a sec. Okay. We're going to take an intermission right here. When we come back, we're going to break down our favorite moment from the book. And discuss our ratings and if this book made us want to get naked. Please enjoy this message from one of our friends in the podcasting world. What is the RPG Concierge? It's an interview show that discusses tabletop role-playing games. This hobby has had a renaissance over the past several years, and odds are you've heard of Dungeons & Dragons, hands down the most iconic of RPGs. If you're curious about what D&D is or other RPGs you've heard of, then check out the RPG Concierge. Are you curious about dipping your toe into this mysterious hobby? Are your friends talking about it, but you feel nervous about joining? Are you afraid of ruining it for everyone else? Well, you're not alone, and as your RPG concierge, it's my duty to make sure that you feel comfortable. Check out our first season, which is entirely dedicated to getting started with role-playing games. Each episode will discuss a different topic with a new guest, be they brand new players discussing their experiences, or veterans doling out advice for all the rookies out there. We'll remove some of the mystery that surrounds this vast and exciting hobby and have fun doing it. So come check us out. All right. Hi. And we're back. Quick break. Quick yeah, break. we are. Uh, and we ain't talking about no book today, girl. We are talking about ourselves and yes. each other. Yes, we are. We are talking about us. This is the mid-season get to know us. Also, it's mid-season. We have I know. gotten through half a season of chatting mm -hmm. about books particularly romance yeah. books. And so I'm going to yeah. I'm going to get into some of that a little bit. We are going to get to yeah. sexy books. We will. It will happen in this episode. Yes. I know we started yes. like on a really sentimental note. We got to get to the mm -hmm. sex at some point. Um I mean, please and thank you. I, having said that, uh the very next thing I'm going to talk about <laughs> is going to be sentimental again. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. So the thing I want to talk about is do you have a favorite moment in a book? Like a moment when you're like this, this moment sticks out when someone's like, convince mm. me that books are not lame. Which by the way, if someone says that to you, unfriend them immediately. But no, first educate them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I will definitely just walk away from this conversation. <laughs> See, um, that, that's not the librarian way. You got to bring them into the fold. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. I mean... I can't think of a final page right now in this moment because I didn't think about it and prepare it, but I can tell you a first page and that is the first page of Pride and Prejudice because every, every depicted, every movie version, movie adaptation of Pride and Prejudice fucking nails Mrs. Bennett. That's true. I do and love like, most Mrs. Bennett choices. Yes. She is the most loving, frivolous person. And her constant 
I hate this word, but nagging of Mr. Bennett to get their daughters married and like her anxiety over every social interaction is just like that first page is canon and it's in every movie, every adaptation. And if it's not garbage, throw it in the garbage, never to be seen again. Can I just sidebar here to shout out the Kira Knightley uh, Pride and Prejudice in which there's absolutely a scene in which it is implied that Mr. Bennett goes down on Mrs. Bennett as a thing they do on a Sunday. And Mm. I died a little because it's Donald Sutherland. (laughs) But in the best, like I screamed and clapped the screen when I saw it. Because he definitely comes up out from under the covers and it's the middle Mm -hmm. of the afternoon after they went to church. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing gets people horny like Christ. I mean, sure. <laughs> sure. We'll go with that. But I just love the fact that their sexual relationship was mm-hmm. part of the story. That you really got a sense mm-hmm. of the fact that they aren't just like they're frivolous, but they're clearly loving. And I think mm-hmm. the Mr. Bennett character usually comes across as a very doting father but the fact that he was both um, a man to his wife and a father to his daughters was such a lovely addition so like there are other bits about that particular adaptation that i really like but that the fact that they treated the adults the grown-ups in quotes of the family Mm -hmm. as also sexual beings chef's kiss to that chef's kiss i Excuse me. When I see older married relationships have a healthy sexual relationship, I always think about that 70s show. I don't know if that's weird, but but Deborah Ann Rupp and what's his name, the parents in that show have this really healthy sexual relationship. And so I don't know. What if Deborah Ann Rupp uh, played Mrs. Bennett once? That would be cool. I'm here for it. Because, like, those characters are both really airhead, frivolous-type women, but they're, they care about their families. I don't know. That's... Yeah. So that's my answer. What about you? Okay, so uh, I, I, I brought show and tell. <gasps> <laughs> I brought The Little Prince uh, because... So the this moment, and I tell people about this moment, and it sort of spoils the book. You you have to know what the book is about to understand this. But the Mm -hmm. allegory of The Little Prince is to always have a little bit of whimsy in you and to never grow up and to have have your imagination be blown open at all times. And so this is the very last... By the way, this edition that I'm holding is the pop-up book edition. So if you don't have this one, highly recommend it. It's it's amazing. The artistry in the pop-up is brilliant. Um, I have this book like five different ways. I love this book. I know um, I definitely bought you a tote bag. Yes. Oh, I got a comment on it this weekend. So thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Well, um, Mr. Okay. Fox sleeps by my bed. So thank you for Mr. Fox. So, so perfect. Okay. So this is what the final page says. It's all mm-hmm. a great mystery for you who love the little prince too. As for me, nothing in the universe can be the same if somewhere no one knows where a sheep we never saw has or has not eaten a rose. Look up at the sky and ask yourself, has the sheep eaten the flower or not? And you'll see how everything changes. And no grown-up will ever understand how much a thing could be so important. I mean, 
that is also basically the basis for the multiverse. Yes, it is. And, <laughs> right. And like, and yeah. the whole, I can talk about the little prince for a very long time and I, I don't want that to become our episode, but it, <laughs> it's the, it's the book about the possibilities it's it's about mm-hmm. multiverse. It's about all the stories that have been told and all of the stories that we haven't heard yet. And it yeah. wouldn't it be wonderful to listen with open hearts and hear all of the stories. And that is like that's the basis of existence as proper yeah. humans, right? And he yeah. puts it so succinctly and so wonderfully and so heartbreakingly. Um Go read The Little Prince. Get at me after you've sobbed your eyes out. <laughs> I've read that one. Yay! <laughs> um, okay. Only after I met you, though. So um, you're the reason I read it. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Yeah. You know what? I have I have done yeah. my job in passing on the books that are a must <laughs> in my universe. Um, yeah, for sure. Okay. Now that we've like... So, like I've just told you all the sobby stories in my life. Let's talk about why <laughs> yeah. we chose to do a romance podcast. Because okay, for those of you who don't know, uh, which is everyone, uh, romance was not a thing we were reading. That was not our genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. when we tell, when I tell our mutual friends, I told someone recently what we were doing, and they were like, "Why." Like with a face, <laughs> cool. <laughs> and cool. and I was like, well, we have our reasons, but uh, this is why. So, why are you doing a romance podcast? So, we, like I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, we started reading romance uh, in our two-person book club, and we continued to read romance. I know I continued because. I needed a little sexual stimulation. I need a little sexual healing. Uh, things that made me tingly between the twinglies. And <laughs> I, <laughs> Sorry, that is a euphemism. No, nope. uh, that's that's a lot. <laughs> yep, you're welcome. You're welcome for that. I just made that up on the spot. So you're welcome. Um, and like, I there are very few books that I won't read. I'm very book easy. I'm a book slut, one could say. I'm I'm self-declaring book slut. And then the pandemic happened and we needed a fucking escape. We needed to get out of the real fucking world where people were dying. And romance is number one there. Like YA tackles the hard shit. Like growing up, learning shit, going through tough things. Teenagers have it rough in the YA book fiction world. That was too heavy. Romance, though, you know what's going to happen. You know there's going to be some fucking along the way. Easy. So, uh, so we started an online book club during the pandemic. We expanded our two person to be larger, and we just read our way through romances, and. That was very um, dependable, I think. It was comforting. I knew what the end was. It goes back to me going into, you know, going into a book, knowing the end, knowing what to expect. What I like about being here in uh, Romancelandia is that it's not a community of misogynists. Most romance readers are women. The community itself is 
every day becoming more and more queer or less and less binary, as it were. The romance community has uh, huge numbers of uh, Black authors, Indigenous authors, like people of color are writing in this genre. Queer authors are writing, you know, the number of hockey romances that are gay <laughs> is not shocking to me, but is still surprising. It's still <laughs> so surprising. So, like, it's it's a community of love, right? Full stop. So, uh, I don't know. I I like I like that. I like that we're here now, and that's the vibe. Nice. How about you? Why did why why do you think we chose romance for our podcast? Partially, I think because we are the fish out of water in this particular trope. That's true. Uh, right. As we discover new authors, as we discover what works for us, that's why those conversations that we were having were so compelling and why it was mm-hmm. suggested that we maybe put it out into a larger audience for us to have the conversations. Because as we read through things and then as and there's been instances when we've discovered that we were wrong. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that too is really impactful. And then moreover, there is something so significant about who reads romance and what is, mm-hmm. what is published in terms of explicit sex scenes, um, in terms of telling mm-hmm. diverse stories. And that, that diversity may exist in niche markets, but you have to go look for yeah. it. So, um, queer romance has been written for as long as writing was available, but it was maybe subversive or it was maybe hidden yeah. away in the one bookstore in all of the state where you had to like go into the basement of a thing. That is no longer or the case. Or it was coded as we were probably going to talk about in our next episode. Yes, exactly. So there is, so, uh, it, it, I mean, my answer in the script says fuck the patriarchy, but <laughs> basically it, it is the genre that is breaking the barriers most loudly and most mm-hmm. constantly. And, yeah. uh, I, and it is good to see. Sorry. No, that was my last so sentence. Sorry. So sorry. And it is good to see. Um, <laughs> I only recently, only in the past couple of years, started breaking my Goodreads tags up into uh, if the authors are persons of color or if they're white. And so I've only ha- I only have... Uh, data for a couple of years, but this is turning out to be the year where I'm most closely uh, equal 50-50 reading Black authors or persons of color authors uh, to white authors. And I think it's because I've primarily been reading romance. And I think some of our favorite authors are people of color. And like, I just, it's enlightening. It's enlightening, and I am appreciative of those stories being available to me, um, of depictions of uh, Black love out there. Yes, so there's there's that. Okay, we're, we're finally going to get <laughs> yeah. to... Last question. Oh, Jesus, look at the time. Okay, yes. let's do it. Okay, so um, hottest take is what I call this category. Okay, nice. what is... Yeah. Out of all the books that we've recently read, or really at large, and we've already talked about my D'Artagnan obsession, but what mm-hmm. is 
the one book or series of books that made you want to get naked the most? Cool. All right. So <laughs> I have the hugest, veiniest, uh, slickest lady boner for Jamie Fraser from Outlander. So uh, it might just be Sam Hugin. Uh, it's a big part of it. It's fun. It's totally cool. Uh, <laughs> but my lady boner is so big, it's peeking out of the waistband of my pants. <laughs> I love by the way that you wrote that. That's fantastic. (laughs) You know it. Uh, That's the most romantical thing I could think of. Uh, Yeah. He's my number one lady boner fantasy. So Jamie Fraser, Outlander, all the way, all the time. Nice. Nice. Well, luckily you you have quite a few books to to fulfill that. I do. But like now they're putting Brianna and what's his name in there and I don't care about it. <laughs> and now Jamie's old, like they er, did a 20 year jump and older. I'm just like, he's not old. He's old now. <laughs> so old. He's still extremely sexy. True that. Full, full stop. Full stop. Yeah. Um, so uh, for me, the answer is uh, so far, almost every book by Rebecca Weatherspoon. Um, mm-hmm. the, not only are her sex scenes hot, but they are also really diverse in terms of what happens. And I am always yeah. surprised and also <laughs> turned on, which is my favorite. Yep. I, I like a, a surprise then turn mm. on um, in books, sure. not in life. In life, I prefer fewer surprises, but in books, <laughs> I enjoy a good surprise once in a while. I'm like, oh, I didn't see yes. that coming. Ha. Yeah. Ha. With the pun. But um, so uh, in her Beards and Bondage <laughs> series, she has a her the third book in that series called Harbor. And it is about a, a threesome. And there is a very lengthy playtime in a dungeon situation that was very surprising because it just kept going. And I was like, oh, we're not, oh, we're not done. We're still not, oh, I'm going to keep flipping these pages. Um, prepare yourself because it is a oh. solid 50 pages of just just sex there's three of them they gotta take care of each other more than once at a time sure sure it's a delight sure. and by delight i mean sure. really explicit sex <laughs> <laughs> well that's a delight for, yeah yeah mm-hmm. so um yeah. yes i think about the way those scenes are written and how illicit it is but also mm-hmm. how it didn't make it seem like i was invited into that room with them and how it felt very safe, which is hard to do in a, yeah. it, right. If you're not a polygamous person, if you're not a person who's participated in a threesome, um, or even if you have, but you need to feel safe in a space and you're reading through that, that book really made the space feel safe, which made it, mm. as we've talked before, consent is sexy. And, uh, yeah, and that is. book has really specific consensual moments and it's really lovely. So, um, so Rebecca Weatherspoon is, <laughs> is the way to my lady bits, I guess. <laughs> yeah, she is. Hey, oh, go read Rebecca think, Weatherspoon right away. Yeah. 
Hella Sexy. I have not read that one either. Um, apparently, we should have instigated a drinking game of books. <laughs> right. I have books. not read. Ford has not read. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. quite a few. You have. You don't have to, but um, I recommend that you do. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm about to finish all the Jasmine Guillory and then it's, you know, the next backstock list. Perfect. 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 Up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's been lovely getting to know you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, turns out there's quite a bit to share. Apparently, after 11 years, there's more to know. There's there's always more to know. Um, like this stack yeah. of books I'm taking to your house. I expect one of those Ikea-sized tote bags. Accurate. That will happen. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Thank you for joining us for 12 episodes so far. Yes. And uh, I hope you enjoy the next 12, t- 11. I think we have 11 planned after yes. this. So. Yes, this yeah. is, the, this is the, the peak. So it go, went up to here and then Whoop. it'll come down from here, roller coaster style. In number but not quality oh yes thank you thank you for (laughs) clarifying that and promising to Mm -hmm. maintain quality over quantity yeah (laughs) my drunk brain is very specific well (laughs) enjoy the rest of your drunk afternoon and evening and have a great one i shall (laughs) you as well So are you, dear audience human, going to pick up this book now that you've heard our review? Let us know in the comments. Have a suggestion for another review? Slide on into our DMs. If you like this adventure in books or updates on our upcoming projects, please follow, like, save, subscribe, rate, review us on Instagram at l.skyford, on Twitch at lskyford, and on Twitter at skyfordl. Phew, I'm Sky. And I'm Ford. That's it for this episode. We will see you next time on Booklandia, where every book is a whole world to explore. And we're out.